if that's not enough to like wet anyone's appetite, then I don't know what is. I'm so excited. I'm buzzing. My appetite is wet. <laughs> We're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema. Each week's film is connected to the last by a single cast member, and so it continues forever or until we can't be asked anymore. This week's film is... Clear and Present Danger. How's it going, George? I'm good, mate. How are you? You good? Very good, yes. Here we are, episode five. Yeah, episode five. Um, looking forward to it. Um, you picked the last film and, um, yeah, looking forward to tell you what I thought of it. I don't know why, but I'm looking forward to hearing your opinion on this uh, more than the others. I, I will, I'll, I'll tell you why later. But Yeah, uh, um, yeah, I'd be happy to in a minute. That'd be good. That's a little teaser. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. I've been uh, delving into some of the stats of the podcast, and uh, we've added a new country to our repertoire. Amazing. Right, so we're, where are we going? Yeah, we're kind, of, uh, we're kind of ticking them all off as we go along. Yeah. Um, we're in the, the multiple tens of, of countries now, but our, our newest one is Turkey. Turkey, we've yes. got Turkish listeners, amazing. Yeah. So hello to our Turkish listeners. Hello. And there's more than one according to the stats. So suddenly, out of nowhere, two Turkish people are listening to us. So um, yeah, welcome and, and thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. That's brilliant. So um, we can add Turkey to the list like Ukraine, Canada, Australia. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Absolutely all, brilliant. All of the British Isles. Uh, yeah. uh, there's there's a couple of African countries there as well. So yeah, we're, we're spreading spreading around the world, mate. Really brilliant. Great. Excellent. There's lots of uh, nationalities in the film club. Yeah. <laughs> we also received a couple of uh, uh, voice messages through, through Anchor. As I mentioned last week, uh, if you go into the show notes and want to uh, uh, kind of record a voice message, uh, please do. Uh, unfortunately, the ones I received either were profanities or pocket noise, by the sound of it. <laughs> I'm still buzzing we got anything. Yeah. So what, is this someone swearing? So there were three. There were three messages, and one of them was just somebody pissing about, uh, swearing down the mic, just thinking <laughs> it, honey. And uh, the the other one, because uh, there's two by the same person, and the other one was just rustling noise as if they were just testing out their mic or something. So uh, yeah, thanks for the feedback. Um, <laughs> not particularly constructive uh, but if anyone does have anything good to say it doesn't have to be uh, positive about us but anything decent to say uh, please uh, check out the show notes for this episode as well and uh, leave us a, a voice message uh, and you might be in the chance of uh, being the first voice message that we actually uh, discuss here so oh like uh, that's just mad isn't it like it's a start um, you know we've got uh, something we did actually receive an email dan um and this one um i can actually read out which is cool oh good um so i'll get the email up I'll read it out to you. Um, and this person, Greg's his name, makes some really, really good points. Hi, so, Greg. Hi, Greg. Um, so I read his email out. So it says, Hi, George and Dan. Loving the podcast so far. When I heard George Hallett had a podcast, it felt like a weird, amazing dream. I'm glad it wasn't because I've listened to every minute so far and I'm loving it. It's brilliant to have a podcast where people can be involved on the journey in some way. Great idea. Had a question for you guys, but firstly, I thought I'd comment on coming to America. Like Dan, I've never seen this film until a few days ago. I gave it a cheeky Rotten Tomatoes peek, and with its very high audience score, I was quite hopeful coming into it. However, I have to say that I was generally one of the worst films I've ever seen, but also was weirdly enjoyable at, at times. So, so culturally inappropriate. And quite frankly, I found Eddie Murphy's performance to be pretty inexcusable. If you're going to play an African person, you need to play a specific African person. You can't just be Eddie Murphy and put on a terrible vague accent and act really oblivious and stupid. I found that quite difficult to watch. And yeah, like you said, I'm surprised that survived the recent Netflix culling. 
The script was bizarre. The pace of the film was really strange. And I completely agree that the contradiction of childhood humour and explicit sexual references was rather odd. I can fully imagine myself loving this film as a kid, though, had I seen it. And I can fully imagine George pissing himself the whole way through it. And to be honest, I bet watching it with George would make it a far better experience because you'd probably end up pissing yourself too. Yeah. Although the level of comedy itself wasn't great, it was almost so bad and so ridiculous that it was funny. I found the big guy singing at the wedding ceremony at the start particularly funny. But yeah, it's a 2 out of 10 for me. Anyway, wow. my question came to me after you guys made a comparison of Eddie Murphy with Adam Sandler, the sort of repetitive and borderline tiresome thing that they do. Some sort of one-trick pony actors making annoying noises and faces that as a kid were just amazing but now just seem abrasive and jarring. That said, I do prefer Adam Sandler and he's been in some classics that are still good now and on Eddie Murphy's side of things, I do, like Dan, really like Beverly Hills Cop. My question is, are either of you aware of the strangely synchronised 2019 comeback films, Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems and Eddie Murphy in Dolomite Is My Name? I would say both are genuinely their best performances in films by a mile, and both films have a feel of class and esteem about them, of the likes we've never seen in a film featuring either of them before. Have you guys seen either of them? And if so, what were your thoughts? I was just thinking how I look forward to seeing them both continue on this refreshing path going forward, only to hear on your podcast that Eddie Murphy is starring in Coming to America 2 this year. He just can't help himself, can he? <laughs> anyway, nice one, lads. All the best. Greg. Greg, that was an excellent email. Thank you very much uh, uh, for kind of agreeing with what I was saying. And a two out of ten, yeah, that's that's brutal. But I, I can't disagree with you. He makes good points, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I found a bit more charm in there somewhere, but I, I agree with basically every point you made. Um, and regarding your question, strangely enough, Dolomite is my name uh, was actually... Sorry, my... I thought you were saying Dolomite is my name. <laughs> strangely, Dolomite is my name. Uh, they just call me Dan. <laughs> Uh, Dolomite is my name was actually on my list of films to connect to so rather than oh. this week's film which is Clear and Present Danger yeah. I was actually tempted to go with that but I didn't want to go with another film starring our last starring role um, I wanted to go for something different yeah. so yeah I haven't actually seen it and I've been meaning to it's on my watch list at the moment I haven't but I have seen um, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler and that's it was just a perfect example why I'm really annoyed when he brings out shitty comedy films with his mates because he's a talented bloke it's and good then yeah he's it, done a good job of it, it it's amazing yeah it's a really tense watch it constantly ramps up the tension basically he's a really annoying tiresome bloke just making wrong decisions at every turn but it's such such an enjoyable watch uh seeing the kind of i won't spoil it but seeing his kind of spiraling trauma of a life um so yeah if you haven't seen that it, it's adam sandler if you've never seen him before uh, give it a watch so yeah George you haven't seen it no I haven't seen either of those films I'm um, off the back of um, Greg's email I, I checked and both were actually on Netflix um, so it's the perfect opportunity for me to watch both both um, Netflix uh, originals I believe or uh, exclusives I believe. Oh, okay so yeah. only available on Netflix yeah. you know sort of funded by them or something mm -hmm. so yeah so anyone who's listening who haven't seen them um, like me check them out on Netflix you know if you've got Netflix easy to watch and um, I'll be interested to see you know add this Adam Sandler and this Eddie Murphy film where you know, Dan and Greg are saying that, you know, they really put it out of the bag. Yeah, great. So, yeah, I, I think if we can connect to Dolomite Is My Name at some point or, or Uncut Gems, because I wouldn't mind watching that again. Yeah, it's got to um, be done. Yeah, and we'll, we'll review it, make sure we get in contact, Greg. But really? uh, otherwise, uh, excellent email. Thank you for your contribution. And uh, anyone else who wants to uh, get in contact, what's the email, George? Uh, the email is infinitefilmclub 
at gmail.com. So nice and easy, infinitefilmclub at gmail.com. So yeah, send your emails in. And um, yeah, thanks, Greg. I enjoyed that, mate. And if you can't be bothered to type up an, an erudite response uh, via email, uh, like I said, just blabber some words on a voice message for us. <laughs> yeah. After this podcast, I do, um, after we finish recording, I do need to have a listen to that. I just want to hear what it says. But yeah, so um, thanks for your email. And um, yeah, get your voice messages in. Well, George, only one question uh, left to ask. <laughs> See anything good recently? This week, um, I re rewatched the film that I really like. Um, I'm pretty sure you like this film as well because I don't think you find many people who don't like it. It's Snatch. Yes. Um, my pal come round and we were um, we were watching it on the sofa and while I was watching it actually I thought Snatch is such a good movie to watch with you mate. It's like it's really funny. It's it's got a story where there's a couple of little twists and turns so you can sort of chat about that you know in the sort of down times and. Um, I just think it's a great movie to watch with your mates, you know. Um, we were laughing all the way through. We we knew all the lines, we knew all the jokes anyway, because we've seen it a thousand times, but I think that's just the mark of how good it is. You can see it all, the, all those times. It's still brilliant. It's very quotable, isn't it? Oh, it is. Like, actually, I forgot how quotable it is. Um, people are still using these phrases. What When was that out? What, 99, 2000? 2000, I think, maybe. So we're yeah. talking 20 years, and common in the office you know or sort of outside wherever you'll hear people sort of quoting snatch all the time so yeah really really enjoyable one other thing as well i saw uh this week i'm not going to sort of talk about the film too much because we talked about it on the first episode but i went to see inception again at the cinema <laughs> that's the one yeah it was amazing absolutely brilliant and like i say as we talked about that on episode one i won't go into that too much but what i did want to say is that instead of having adverts at the start of inception there was um a 10 12 minute making of tenant um, on uh, the start of the movie. Mm. And um, this making of was amazing. This got me so pumped for this film. It's unbelievable. Basically, it's um, it's loads of behind-the-scenes footage of Christopher Nolan and all the cast and all the, the producers, and it's live on, on set. So you see them on a motorway, which they shut, they shut down um, eight kilometres of motorway for three weeks, and there's helicopters, and there's people jumping out of buildings, and there's things going backwards. And this film is looking so good. You know, this is looking unbelievable. And ever since, I've seen that making of I've tried to find it on YouTube and you cannot find it it's like a you can only Cinema see exclusive. it yeah which is a shame because I want to show other people and I want to mm. say look how good this is looking it's a good um, way of getting people to go and watch Inception again yeah I, I would say to anyone go and see Inception because it's amazing but go and see it just for this 10 minute short at the start because it, it looks so good mm. and they really make a point of saying this film this it doesn't have any green screen you know there's hardly any CGI in it they say that there's more CGI in a rom-com than there is in this movie they've done this for real you know every location is they were there it just looks amazing I'm so excited he's a real supporter of practical movie making isn't he he's still into his his film I believe he has had forayed into digital but he's 35 millimeter he's a big fan of and and uh, doing practical stunts where he can I think even Inception you'd be you'd think that that's got loads of effects in it and obviously it does have its big moments but most of it is done practically yeah. CGI is used to kind of enhance practical stunts and things like that and obviously they didn't actually fold a city in half <laughs> but mostly it's all practical like the Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of spinning uh, yeah. hallway scene was done mostly practically uh, CGI painting over wires and things like that but most of it is is, is done in camera. Yeah. You can you feel it, don't you? I think when action blockbusters are too CGI heavy, there can be a disconnect somewhat. I think when everything when things are done more practically, uh, it feels more real still. CGI is not quite there yet. 100%, absolutely. And Inception looked amazing. Tenet looks amazing. They said um, on this making of, in every Chris Nolan film, 
um, there's always one scene where Chris will say what he wants to happen and everyone will look at each other and say, how are we going to do that? That is unfilmable. That's unbelievable. That's you know going to blow the budget. Apparently in this, there's five. Now, I don't know what they are and we'll find out when we see the film. But if that's not enough to like whet anyone's appetite, then I don't know what is. I'm so excited. I'm buzzing. My appetite is wet. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So you were wet for this. Good. Yes. Um, oh, <laughs> I know. God. Sorry. I couldn't help it. But um, yeah, absolutely buzzing for this film. And it's so nice to be really buzzing about a movie again because you know a few weeks ago a few months ago it was all looking quite gloomy the prospect of being able to go back to the cinema again and enjoy things so I really hope this made a bucket load of money and I hope it makes tenfold what it costs to make and I hope they keep making blockbusters like this because this is what you know this is what it's all about 100% this is what I'm gagging to get back into the cinema to watch I want it to be my first new film yeah is Tenet I know we've gone to watch a few repeats uh, but Oh, actually saying that, we've already watched uh, Unhinged. Yeah. Well, th- you can say this is your first big blockbuster back. Yes. First summer yeah. blockbuster. You know, yeah. this is what you've been waiting for. You know, yeah. this is it. So We've watched yeah. our first uh, beltbuster with uh, Russell Crowe <laughs> pop- popping his Belt seams. Uh, but we're going to go and watch our first blockbuster. <laughs> I like that beltbuster. That's good. Um, so that's me. Um, what about you, Dan? Um, watched any good, anything good recently? What's been happening? I watched something with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt in, uh, okay. who we've already mentioned, uh, Jamie Foxx, Project Power. I've heard about that. This is getting a bit of buzz, actually. A few people separately have mentioned it to me. So have you watched it? Have you watched it yet? What's it like? Uh, yes, and it, it, I think the concept's better than the film. Uh, it's, a, it's a really good idea. So if you don't know already, it's kind of based on uh, there's this pill that's being created. If you take it, you can get a, a superpower. Uh, unfortunately, you don't. it's unpredictable, so you don't know <laughs> what superpower you're going to get or whether it's going to immediately kill you. So you might just burst into flames or turn into dust or you just don't know. So a lot of people are taking it and, and dying straight away. Otherwise, you could you might be able to fly, you might become extra strong, you might be able to you know, shoot lasers out of your eyes or something, but it makes you a superhero for a, for a, a, brilliant idea yeah, for a, for a small, small period of time. So I really, really love the co- uh, concept, but I'm going to give it another watch to see whether I like it or not. Um, but it's nice to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt again. I really enjoy him on screen. And, and Jamie Foxx's quality, I bet he's good in this. Yes, isn't he? yeah. Would you take the pill? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know how like what it's like being blown up. Over it. I'm <laughs> usually I'm usually risk averse, but if if I had a one in a million chance of becoming Captain America by <laughs> taking a pill, good enough. I'm taking that risk. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no, I'll definitely check that out. It, um, it's hundred percent on my list. That looks really good. Other than that, I've been mostly watching our film for this week. Clear and present danger. The greatest threat to America. These drug cartels represent a clear and present danger to the national security of the United States. Comes from other nations. Some say the greatest threat to America. The course of action I'd suggest is a course of action I can't suggest. Comes from within. We are two minutes to target. Looks like we've got our own little war. Harrison Ford is Jack Ryan. I'm appointing Ryan the acting deputy director intelligence. The finding clearly states that our assistance is limited to supply and advice only. He doesn't know about it, Bobby. No troops, then. No troops. He needs to know nothing. He's going to know nothing. The laws he swore to uphold are at risk. The explosion here rocked the ranch of Enrique Rojas less than an hour ago. You said it was going to be a surgical strike. It's a kid they just brought out on NBC. Why was I left out of it? You see everything in black and white. Not black and white. Right and wrong. The honor he is determined to defend is at stake. I'm afraid if I dig any deeper, no one's going to like what I find. Well, no about politics in Washington. I can explain it in four words. Watch your back, Jack. He's coming to you. 
with no security. Once Ryan's gone, we're back online. Based on the number one best-selling novel. There are troops, Jack. I didn't know that. You know I didn't know that. Harrison Ford. You went before Congress and you got the money for it. You went before Congress and you lied to I never Congress. lied to Congress. You lied. Willem Dafoe. I'm on a plane. I'm gonna kill him. Anne Archer. Are you going away again? Be careful. And James Earl Jones. You took an oath. You gave your word to the people of the United States. Who authorized this? I think it's time the whole thing went away. Then it should go away. I will not let you dishonor their memories by telling me you had nothing to do with it. How dare you come into this office and bark at me like some little junkyard dog? I am the President of the United States. How dare you, sir? Paramount Pictures presents this summer's most electrifying motion picture, Clear and Present Danger. Yes. So, yeah, Clear and Present Danger. And um, I, I forgot what, what we said about it last week, but you hadn't seen this before, right? No. Um, it turns out that uh, I had seen the last maybe 20 minutes of the movie, but that's just literally me flicking on the channels like years ago. And yeah. I just, I, there was a few images that were really, um, really memorable for me. Yes. Um, so I had seen the last 20 minutes, but I haven't seen the film, no. Yeah, so I went in fresh. Oh, great. Was, you know, Okay, so before we dive into it, uh, should we get George's uh, renowned synopsis first? So um, this synopsis, I actually think it's going to be a little bit hard to do. And the, the reason is, is there's yes. a lot going on in this movie. There is a lot going on, but I'll give it a go. Yeah. Basically, this film is about a CIA agent who um, in the film gets a promotion. So he, become, he goes from being sort of like an agent to like managing the other agents or whatever. He's tasked with uh, spending like government money to try and stop um, Colombian drugs coming in. And they make it really clear to him. They're like, don't be spending this money on like guns and like war and stuff. There's another guy working behind the scenes um, who's actually a bit of a baddie. And he secretly spends some money on paying some US soldiers to go into Columbia and just basically shoot up all the drug dealers and stuff. You know, so sort of lots of explosions and things. So that, that, that sort of comes to a head. And when... Um, it turns out that there's a chance of this bad guy uh, getting caught for sending these army men into Colombia. They just cut off the army men's means of escape and leave them in Colombia, really basically sitting ducks. So then the first guy who's got this promotion says, I can't have that. And he goes to Colombia and he rescues him. Now, there's so much more going on in that movie than this, but that's basically what happens. You know what I mean? It's... Um uh, putting it like that, it sounds very simple, but it's it's, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot going on in this movie. Uh, I, I think that's the best I could have done with that because it's difficult. No, What's the? That's good. Let's Thank give you. Yeah, let's give you an official synopsis. Yeah. So, Agent Jack Ryan, Harrison Ford, becomes acting deputy director of the CIA when Admiral Greer, James L. Jones, our connection, is diagnosed with cancer. When an American businessman and friend of the president is murdered on a yacht, Ryan starts discovering links between the man and drug dealers. As CIA agent John Clark, Willem Dafoe, is sent to Colombia to kill drug kingpins in retaliation, Ryan must fight through multiple cover-ups to figure out what happened and who's responsible. That's, <laughs> That's um, what you said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Similar to what I said. Uh, like I said, it's very hard to like to, to explain the plot of this this film because um, there's a lot going on. Yes, there's it's very Tom Clancy. Have you seen many or read any Tom Clancy books no. or, or seen? Okay. The only thing I know about Tom Clancy is the computer game stuff. So yeah. Rainbow Six yeah. and, and the Division and stuff. So um, 
no, I don't know too much about it. I mean, all I know about Tom Clancy is that he writes political, army-style yeah. novels. Intrigue. It's all about intrigue. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of techno babble, lots of detail. So when I said uh, last week that uh, uh, Jack Ryan's like a if James Bond liked admin and being a family man, that's what I meant. He's a he's a, he's boring Bond. When you said that last week, like I thought. Okay, like maybe he like likes his paperwork a bit. That is an understatement. This bloke is um he is like James Bond in a way, but in a way he's so different. Yeah. Um, I don't think James Bond has ever said if my arithmetic is correct, like Harrison Ford does in this. But Harrison Ford pulls it off, doesn't he? He doesn't seem like an absolute nerd that you don't believe could actually handle handle himself in an ambush. No, um one of the characters actually um towards the start of the movie calls him um a little boy scout. Yes. And I sort of think that sets the tone for his character. I couldn't get the that phrase out of my head the whole film mate um, that's one of my first notes and one of my last notes is the boy scout moniker for him is perfect yeah. and he is and the whole thing is him going through this being the only person there who is a boy scout and wants to do the right thing so he wants to do the right thing and everything's black and white there's no gray area so he yeah. doesn't get white people we're getting deep into the plot by the way already uh, but that's he doesn't fine. get he doesn't get why people think they can do this for the greater good or or hide this from the public for the greater good he thinks the truth is the greater good um so yeah i, I totally agree with you that boy scout insult just stuck in my mind all the way yeah. through and like i say every time i saw him i thought of that you know yeah. and for me like it wasn't a negative for him being a boy scout but i kept thinking of it i kept thinking oh you're such a boy scout do you know what i mean like, i kept thinking <laughs> grow up mate yeah, just can't he just swig a whiskey and just yeah. tell someone to like fuck off? I don't know. Like I, I, I wanted to shake him a little bit. Don't wrong. I love Harrison Ford, and then this was great. Um, he plays the part of that really nice guy so yeah. well. Um, but I just wanted him to go just to maybe break the rules slightly, yeah. you know, um, and just go. You know what, mate? Why don't you just do one? Like, I, one I, of the I think a perfect example of this, and we're skipping ahead. We haven't even talked about the start yet. Is where he's sitting in the Oval Office and he's afraid to speak up. You just see Harrison Ford's eyebrow and mouth twitching slightly, <laughs> and they obviously know that he wants to say something, and he makes a suggestion, and then the president actually enacts his suggestion live on TV. And he's so buzzing about that, and that's yeah. the thing. He's um, he gets kicks out of the president taking his advice. Yeah, it's quite endearing, really. That he's um, he comes across as a, a, a real nice guy and the fact that you know he gave the president some advice and the president took that advice and he's like saying to his wife look you know he said what I said you yeah. know and I think fair play like, that's nice really isn't it like he's yeah. a nice guy um, but like I say I just, a few points I just wanted to shake him and go come on man I, like, you I know. agree yeah and there's there's a few points that we'll mention I'm sure when we go through yeah. this that, that kind of uh, relate back to that but should we kind of talk about the start because I think the start for me um, much more like an earlier choice of mine, it starts with military drums and oh, horns. And the horns, yeah, absolutely. And there, there, uh, there's a fade of, of, of American... Stars and stripes. Um, absolutely. And you've got, you got the, 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 US, um, the US Navy bombing it along on a boat, and it's all very... like God bless America. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it yeah. felt very A Few Good Men at the start there, and I was like, yeah. oh, have I got a type of film? And like, I've chosen two in a row that are very <laughs> US military-themed uh, films. So um, I don't think this is very A Few Good Men. There's a few moments that reminded me of a few good men um, but I think it is slightly different but I, I really need to go for a different choice next time oh no I, I think it was a really really good choice I mean the thing with this film is that it's um, it's quite hard it's hard for me to give a synopsis because it's quite hard to class there are a lot of different like facets to this movie you know some of it is action and some of it is you know on location and there's big explosions but then other parts of it are is located in you know in Washington and you know deep inside the White House and stuff you know and so I thought that gave a good mix to the film you know yeah um, it wasn't all one or the other 
Yeah, I think that's one of its strengths and also one of its weaknesses is it's hard because I remember it being more action heavy because there are two particular scenes in this that really left an indelible mark on my mind. They're what I think of when I think of Clear and Present Danger. What's that then? What do you think of? There's two really standout scenes for me. There's three bits that I remember when I think about it. The two standout scenes are the soldiers getting caught up in the jungle and being slaughtered yeah and i remember that being oh wow this is brutal and that kind of really hooks you into the emotional side of the film and it gets you kind of a bit more emotionally connected um and then the ambush on the streets and i think that that bit yeah, is quality yeah. we'll That's talk about that properly later but yeah. uh that those two bits those big action scenes uh, not even an action scene but one of them's basically slaughtering troops and that that, that sniper there wondering whether to shoot his colleague or not and those two stuck out for me and also the storming of the mansion at the end and those those bits stick to me because you kind of forget about the uh, the kind of office politics bits and then yeah. I always remember that's part of it um, but those aren't the bits that stick with you and I really enjoyed them a bit more this time yeah I was surprised actually when you said um, as a child you know you sort of really like this film because mm. the thing with this film I thought um, you could split it into two halves you know I thought the second half was a lot more exciting than than the first. Mm. Not I didn't enjoy the first, but I'm just thinking, you know what I mean? It, it'd be easy for you as a child to maybe watch that first half and, and, and sort of turn off, you know, because it's like very much, it's White House, it's political, and there's congressmen, and there's, you know, there's laws and things going on being talked about. And it's all quite complicated. And then the second half is like, right, let's go for this big yeah. action, you know? Um, well, getting in the mindset of a young Dan. Uh, <laughs> so when I was a child, I was a massive James Bond fan, and I watched all the films when I was a kid, and young, I was younger than I should have been when I was watching certain James Bond films. I, I read all the books, and then the natural extension everyone said oh if you like james bond you'll like tom clancy books so i started reading tom clancy books and watching the films and and that's why i love the films it was like seeing the books that i'd read on screen even though they're not quite what the the books I, that's what blew my mind is i think those were the first books that i read before seeing the films mm. and uh when i saw the films i was like hang on this isn't the book this is different and and being one of those kids that liked pointing out to them this isn't <laughs> actually the book's much better which i hate people saying now but i used to say all the time actually uh, if you read the original source material uh, it's it's much better than the Do movie people talk about jack ryan a bit like james bond and people go who's your jack ryan so i don't think so no no i don't Maybe think there's not enough of them I yeah i don't know. think people know who jack ryan is generally <laughs> yeah who's your jack ryan yeah who the fuck's jack ryan yeah. Oh, yeah if i said jack ryan to you a month ago i don't would you know no i no. would have um, no i wouldn't i've heard of this film yeah. um i've heard of the other movies as well that uh jack ryan is in but no i i didn't I, didn't, I hadn't heard of Jack Ryan. Fair play, though, because it would have been easy to do a, an American James Bond copy. So mm. it would have been easy to do... Oh, and they have. People oh, have. Yeah, <laughs> and the fact that they made this guy like a family man and they made this guy, you know, he likes the paperwork and he, he wants to do things by the book. Like, it's different. And different is good, you know? It's different to see. That's not usually the hook for, like, a really interesting character. Yeah. And fair play, they did it in this film. He's an analyst who gets caught up in the action world. Where he's not an assassin that's looking for the action. He's no. he's an analyst and he gets caught up in with, with it sometimes. Well, one thing in this film that surprised me is that I couldn't put my finger on whether Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan, was going to become some massive action hero like at any point during this movie. Mm. I, I didn't, I was waiting for it. I was like, was it, is it going to happen? It would be a bit unrealistic for this, this number bod to start shooting people with a machine gun. Like I couldn't sort of, you know, I couldn't place it. And and to be honest, at the end, I liked how it went, you know? He 
he got he got his hands dirty just enough. Does that make sense? It was quite realistic. Yeah, you know, I think that's what Harrison Ford is really good at. And even when he's playing Han Solo or Indiana Jones, most of his films where he's got action scenes, he always looks like just a normal guy stumbling his way through it. Yeah. So Han Solo isn't a polished kind of buccaneer he is buccaneering but he's not rough polished around he's rough around the edges yeah. yeah that's why people like him he's a bit of a rogue indiana yeah. jones lucks his way through things and yeah. and gets absolutely battered by yeah. people you think him. how did he get yeah. through that yeah. yeah exactly so he managed to luck his way through things or just use his like wits to get him through things and that's what jack ryan is he's dropped into these massive action set pieces where people are getting slaughtered around him and he's just using his head to get around it but he's uh he, he doesn't run like athletically he runs slightly slouched like quite Modo, yeah. and uh, that, I think that for me brings it across. This is this could be a real person. Yeah, it, it, this isn't just a movie star up on screen, and his face is always like stra- uh, distraught or or fraught, shall I say? Um, and he he looks like he's in the middle of an action scene. I think Harrison Ford does that better than most people out there because this could, if you look at other actors that have played Jack Ryan, if this was Alec Baldwin or Ben Affleck or something like that, I wouldn't believe him as an analyst. Mm. I wouldn't believe him as an analyst caught up in this action. But so is that how you read the other film? You didn't buy into them being Jack Ryan. Is this your Jack Ryan? Harrison, Harrison Ford Ford's is. my Jack Ryan, yeah. yeah. But um, the, some of the films had already been out by the time I read them. Right. I was only young when this one came out, but yeah. I read the books, like a few of the books, but I haven't read all of the books. So I read a few of the books before um, before I watched the film. And yeah, Harrison Ford is what I see as a, as my Jack Ryan because he's, yeah. he he's an office bod who manages to kind of work his way through some some tough situations but he's not an action star he like the final scene in this shows that he's he's heroic but that's because he's putting himself in situations where he shouldn't come out well and, well, and he managed to luck, luck his way through it. That's the clever thing with this movie is that the Harrison Ford character, Jack Ryan, he didn't go looking for action. There's no point where he whips a gun on anyone. He looks for action or tries to blow something up or tries to run someone over in a car. It's everything that's always happening to him. Yeah. You know, He's the one caught in the middle of it. And I thought that was cool, seeing how this geeky boy scout you know dealt with that and yeah. fair play stepped up and it's even mentioned that he doesn't like confrontation um but there's a few but you see it kind of dripping in so there's a bit where he confronts uh is it ritter oh yeah the safe he is a is it ritter or the other one Ritter. um so ritter yes ritter is the one he put he pushes up against the wall yeah and um yeah and, and he does uh, and uh, i think Harrison Ford's finger acting is some of the best out there as well. So when he's pointing his finger at you, he's got these long ET digits yeah. and he was sticking it in his face and saying, how dare you? <laughs> and, uh, and he's got this guy up against the safe. And and I think those bits start dripping in and the more angry he gets, the more he's not averse to confrontation. More and finger think, action. Yeah. And uh, I get, we'll get into one of my favorite moments in the film later when it comes to confrontation. But um, awesome. yeah, it all builds up. But I think if you'd start like look at the start of the film, uh, so this is something that always uh, it's stuck in my mind mind as well um you start with this navy ship crashing through the waves and um they're following uh kind of like a, a nice yacht called enchanter isn't it they are and they're radioing saying pull over pull over and they're just ignoring they throw a flag out the back don't they but you know something's gone on on this boat because yeah. they, they they take you up to the point where you're just about to see it and then they sort of cut away you know mm. back to sort of washington but you know something bad's there's blood on someone's overalls yeah. and stuff. You know something bad's happened. They say it's a bad one. I think it's you better a... send over the video camera. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, you know something's happened, you know, and then it cuts sort of to Washington, you know, and um, I believe that uh, Jack Ryan's sort of given a briefing to the president, you know, sort of telling him. Yeah. So, actually, it's a good point to mention the president. Um, like, how do you feel like, what do you think about this president? Because I'll tell you what, I literally hated this bloke. He <laughs> yeah, was an absolute bastard, wasn't he? He was yeah. horrible. He's a smug git, he's sly, 
that's what we need to feel about him, I think. Yeah. Um, the thing is, you come in and Jack Ryan shows his him reverence and respect and and he's like just in awe of the fact that he's he's now speaking to the president and giving him advice. Um, but the more the film goes on, he starts losing that and and that comes to the big confrontation at the end, which again we'll speak about later. Because there's there's loads of times I'll probably mention this, but there's so many points in this movie where I went James Bond wouldn't have done that. Yeah. He wouldn't have done that. Like, whether I should say that or not, I just couldn't stop thinking of it. So, for example, that's one bit. At the start, Jack Ryan is um is briefing the president. James Bond would never brief the president. James Bond would stand there just nodding at, like, at something happening, and then he would just say, oh, I know that baddie. He's based out of here or whatever. Yeah. I'll go and get him. But Jack Ryan, he's more, he's more your, I'll present it to the president. And you know what I mean? It's, it's so much more realistic. Yeah. Um, you know, that's sort of how it would be, wouldn't it? Exactly. And and I think once this film started and you get to know, okay, so, because originally I thought that yacht had drugs on it or something, but it ended up being the slaughtering of the president's friend and family, basically. Yeah. And that leads into when Harrison Ford first finds out he's been requested to go over to the big house, the White House, and speak to the president. He's There's a bit of banter between James L. Jones's character and, and Harrison Ford's. And that, for me, is some of the best stuff in this film, is the little moments between all this techno babble and CIA speak. There's little bits, little moments between characters that make it feel a bit more real. Mm. So James L. Jones talking to Harrison Ford about how high his paperwork is and this high, and he says it's just about to come higher and stuff like that. Yeah. There's little bits later on where they're talking to an IT expert about hacking something. There's a couple of really nice moments there, which I'll get into. But those little bits amongst all the political intrigue and all the CIA babble uh, what makes this a, for me makes this a better film yeah you like those those little I can say those little interactions between the boss and Jack Ryan or maybe Jack like you say Jack yeah. Ryan the computer hacker and things I mean to be honest right watching this movie I thought Jack Ryan looks like a really good guy to work with you know like he seems like really yeah. I'd like him to be my boss you know yeah. <laughs> he seems like a good guy and th this is going to be a controversial statement for some this is the character I think of when I think of James L. Jones is this director character Greer in here, in this film yeah, this yeah. Is, that image is burned yeah. into your every so time yeah I don't think Darth Vader I don't think Mufasa I think this because this is him on screen yeah. you, you don't you don't only get his voice that we've spoken about before we get his really emotive wrinkly face <laughs> and and on his deathbed scenes and things like that it, he's yeah he's just a really good actor and i think he's underappreciated yeah I, I think it's a shame to just think of him as um as a voice of darth vader and, mm -hmm. and mufasa i actually think of i don't think of james Earl jones either as those voices when i first think of him do you know what i think of him as and it's felsa doom from from conan because um, <laughs> yes, he's such, I and, and i just can keep thinking of his head turning into a snake yeah. you know but no in this he was great you know he he did have that that sort of like fatherly figures of jack Jack Ryan, you know, and you could sort of Harrison Ford. It came across that he really cared for his his, his boss because mm. in this film, um, his boss in the start of the film gets um, diagnosed with cancer, and um, throughout the film he gets more and more unshaven. His eyes get more and more deep, and you, you get the impression he's getting iller and iller and iller, don't you? And um, yeah, there was parts where you know you could tell Jack Ryan was really upset that his boss was on the way out. Mm. You know, um, I think that's the emotional core of this movie, or. Uh, especially when it comes to Jack Ryan's character arc, um, is he gets more and more passionate about what's right as Greer gets gets more terminal and when he eventually passes away, that's you see him at his funeral 
biting his lip and kind of grinding his teeth like he's getting angry because he's thinking of what Greer stood for and what he told him on his deathbed about yeah. you don't you know you don't answer to the president you answer to the people yeah um and so you follow that illness is Jack Ryan following a, a path to I'm not letting this happen and I'm not putting up with this bullshit I'm gonna tackle it and go for it that funeral I think is is where he does switch isn't it you yes. know from being from being the boy scout to him thinking actually no this isn't right you know the, the president's up there sort of sprouting a load of crap basically you know he's not he's you know he's he's a bad man yeah um, and i think that's where he snaps and thinks you know i'm gonna do something about this fair play to him so up to now we've talked all about a lot of what's happening at the cia and and yeah. out at sea let's go down south uh, to right. south america somewhere yeah that's um, out of bogota or yeah Cali, i think it is yeah um, one thing so um at the start of this movie or towards the start you get introduced to the the, the sort of pablo escobar type character you know? let's call him not pablo escobar yeah but there's a couple of things about um this not pablo escobar guy that um is so typical of all films. So first thing, they always have to have a tash. That's true, isn't yeah. it? Like as soon as I saw a tash, I thought he's the boss and he's going to be a bad man. You know what I mean? I think it's always, the law. They have to. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It's the law down there. Um, second thing they always have to have is 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 a mansion with balconies. You know, and there's the concerned family like look, looking at like who's turning up to the house. And the other thing that always has to be around a Cuban, or sorry, a Colombian drug lord is um you have to have a shot of about five Land Rovers all in a row and then every door opens at the same time with like eight people getting out. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And yeah. that, you, you see those three things. A convoy. You, yeah, a convoy. And they all yeah. get, and then they all do up their suits and you think, oh my God, there's some bad shit here. And you know that. But you, you Then it goes into his mansion. You see him sort of playing baseball, you know, in an underground cave. Yeah, it's all... Basement baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, the interesting thing is that from... You see that guy at the start. You see this non-Pablo Escobar character at the start. You think he's going to be like the main baddie, the main you know protagonist of this, mm. and um, and he's not. Yes. Um. You know. I mean, we'll get to it later, but actually, your sort of views change on that guy at the end. Like he's actually like an all right guy yeah. <laughs> for a for a Colombian he, coke lord. He's the enemy of my enemy. Yeah. It, it's yeah. um like I said, it was complicated, and my synopsis I found it difficult, and that's because there is a lot going on. There's a lot of shape shifting. There's a lot of you think it's going to go one way, and it's going to go another, and so it's quite hard to to keep track of. And I would mm. say this film it isn't the it's, it can be quite difficult to follow. You know, you really do have to be concentrating on it. I was concentrating on it fully, yeah. and even I was like, hmm actually why is his motive that why has he done that I think if you really want to get every character's motive down you need to be watching this a couple of times because yeah. it is there's a lot going on it's not a background film and it does reward repeat viewings so mm -hmm. I've, I've watched this many times and I still enjoy it yeah. and just in case you're not sure whether they uh, based this character on Pablo Escobar his name is Ernesto Escobedo <laughs> um, so they just wanted to hit that home um, so <laughs> is that an anagram? Is that what they call it when they change the? Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. but it's not. No, it's not. But it's near <laughs> enough. You know, it's not far off. No. But yeah, he's playing his. Um, I wanted to call out a moment where he's playing his basement baseball. <laughs> um, there's a bit where he finds out that the people that he ordered to be killed on that boat. And it all um, slows down. Yeah, yeah. So that's a very '90s moment, isn't it? Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Like I say, just to hit home, like. We've killed who, you know? Um, you just, what? <laughs> there's other, something else I noticed on that scene too. And um, this happens quite a lot in movies. And um, I don't know, it annoys me a little bit when they do it. They start off a conversation in a certain language, in this Spanish. And then they say maybe five or six lines in Spanish. But then the director's obviously said, right, you need to go from there to English. Like, why would that happen? And so they carry on the rest of the scene 
in English. And this happens in loads and loads of movies. And I remember it happened in Kill Bill. Um, Lucy Liu, the Lucy Liu character, she starts saying something in Chinese. And then she says, I'm going to say this next bit in English. And then switches to English and speaks English for the rest of that whole scene. I'm like, why would that even happen? But There's a funny uh, story behind this, actually. Um, I'm not sure whether you knew this when you brought up the point. But in uh, Hunt for Red October, um, which is, is this uh, the first prequel one? to this. Yeah, yeah, the first film. The first. This is the Alec Baldwin one. Yeah, it cool, is. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's starring... Alec Baldwin and Sean Connery and uh, it's a, a lot of it's based on a Russian submarine and Sean Connery's kind of like uh, I think if I remember rightly he's kind of wondering whether to defect or not and Alec Baldwin's there to kind of convert him into a kind of informant or whatever um, but there's there's a very famous bit in it that's known for this is how they've dealt with this sort of situation very well where he would obviously be speaking Russian but we don't want him to be speaking Russian and have subtitles all along because our audience wants him just to speak English Fair enough. there's a bit yeah. where He's speaking in Russian. The camera just gets closer and closer and closer to his mouth. And then halfway through, it just turns to English and it comes out again. Oh, wow. So, so it's telling you, watch this. Yes, we all know he should be speaking Russian. Uh, but for now on, he's going to be English. Just well, imagine he's speaking Russian. So they hit it head on and they were basically telling the audience, look, we know... Yeah. You know, we know what you're going to think. Yeah. And we're doing it like this because we want it to yeah. be better for you. So call it out and say, look, we know it should be in Russian. We know it should be in Russian. It's not because you don't want to read because you're a lazy audience that doesn't <laughs> like subtitle films. Yeah. Um, so. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. Funny I brought that up. And it's, uh, exactly. you know, uh, it's something that happens in the first movie. Because I've got to say, I didn't notice that in, in Clear and Present Danger. And I think if they had done it the same way they did in Hunt for Red October it would have it would have been stronger but I, I, I agree when they do it and it just doesn't make any sense they wouldn't be speaking English at this point why are they speaking English yeah um, but yeah interesting that you should point that out when it's actually yeah. quite a famous point in that could have been like a, that could have been like a sort of running thing through the through the series yeah. but anyway they've missed a bit let's know, go and check there, that out if it is yeah that's it yeah. let's make the sick or whatever <laughs> yeah and I, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, when James L. Jones found out he had pancreatic cancer which is I, I think these are some uh, some of my favourite scenes at ironically it's it's some, a bit of sadness twinged to it obviously um but i think the back and forth between the two characters is really nice you get a nice feel of what they're what they've been through together and how close they are he's kind of like a father figure but also like a best friend um i like his bit of banter about if they could operate he said they said maybe but that sounds suspiciously like no to me he knew didn't he he's yeah. like i'm on the way out mate and it's yeah, it's kind of bittersweet because I think there's some really lovely moments between them. Because he was in the, the the film before this, wasn't he? I read up. James L. Jones was his boss in the last one. You yeah, know, he was also in Hunt for Red October. Oh, so, so he's been in. He was in all three. Right, the first I see. Ones, yeah. So he's gone all the way through. So that's what I mean. So for for a, for a Jack Ryan fan, you know, you've seen him for sort of two and a half movies. You're yeah. going to think, oh, that's a shame. He's yeah. on his way out. You know? So this is Greer's last last appearance. I don't know whether he appears in some of the new films by played by a different actor or not. But it's yeah. <laughs> There's a bittersweet moment where he gets a promotion out of his friend's illness. And I think, again, that just adds an extra layer to it where he really wants to do the right thing and, yeah. and make this work and make a success of it. And he was like a reluctant like hero, wasn't he? Yeah. He, um, although he didn't look like he wasn't enjoying his job, you could sort of tell that he was, he was sort of juggling a lot of plates. And he was probably thinking, you know, Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan was probably thinking... Oh, there's a lot like there's a lot to do here. Do you know what I mean like oh, I'm ready for this? Like this is a lot going on. He you actually know? says at one point, "I hate this job." Yeah. Oh, he I does. Yes. Yeah. So like you know, because he when does he say that again? Remind me. Because it's when like... he's been he's been down south. Uh, he's gone down to Colombia. Yeah. There's a lot of political shenanigans going on and he's, he he's been that woman yeah he's been asked to kind of negotiate something and he says i'm not a negotiator a lot of the times in films nowadays he would be just sent in and, and win yeah. a negotiation or lose it or something That's but he it. says i'm not a negotiator send someone else down yeah because um, the president's got a really unrealistic uh he says to him 
No, tell Columbia that yeah. the money um, that you know it, it's ours, yeah. or most of it's ours. So, and you're right; he does. It's go, not my place to say. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah. And that's just a classic example where this guy—he's he's like a reluctant sort of hero. You know, he, he doesn't want this; he could do without it. He was probably happy in his last job. He just wants his old boss back and just things to be back how they were. Yeah, in every area, he's reluctant. He's reluctant mm. in every area. So not only just in his job, but also in the action scenes, he's, he doesn't want to get involved until the very end, where he's like, "Right, I've had enough. I'm going out there and I'm getting these troops out." So, yeah. one moment that I loved is he, his. Director Greer has told him, "Now you're my acting director. You need to, you know, to take my role. No one knows it better than you. Go back and do a great job, or whatever." And then you see uh, Harrison Ford get back to the CIA headquarters and walking into the office. And uh, Director Greer's uh, assistant is there packing away his stuff, like literally before he's even died, just ruthlessly putting all his uh, photographs yeah. in a box. And Harrison Ford's like, "Well, Jack Ryan is like, whoa, well, uh, let's not do that right now." How how much did she want to get rid of him? <laughs> one thing I noticed though in a James Bond movie. That lady packing up the desk would have been like a younger, very attractive female. And James Bond definitely would have had some banter with her. But yeah. in this, in Jack Ryan, she was an older, you know, maybe past middle age, yeah. your sensible type of secretary. The one you'd actually employ, you know. And yeah, um, yeah there was none of this banter. There was no double entendres or anything. <laughs> no, none of that, you know. So all that was stripped out. And like I say, I know I keep mentioning this, but there's so many points where I thought, if that was a James Bond movie, he would have done it like this, you know. Yeah. Um, which isn't a criticism of the film, but it just, I don't know, it kept... It's an anti-Bond, isn't it? It's, it's everything that you expect from a Bond film. They've kind of turned on its head. It's like, well, this is a little bit more realistic. I'd still say this is not realistic in certain ways, <laughs> but it's a little bit more realistic than yeah. than your average spy movie. Because at the end of the day, he is a spy. He's, an, he's a CIA analyst. He's yeah. he's just not your assassin spy type thing. I'm also working at the um, at the CIA. Actually, to be honest, I was confused exactly what his job was, but he's one of the little main baddies of the piece. Is um, it's Ritter? Is his yeah. name is that Ritter. Um, he was good, wasn't he, as a baddie? Um, I really enjoy this. Get, isn't he? He is. Do you know what I mean? He's got this look at this guy that he just like. He's he goes perfectly with um with you know Jack Ryan because Jack Ryan's so like sincere and this guy is real bad nasty piece of work you know and he, he's pulling strings to sort of you know make uh, the army you know go into Columbia and cause all this yeah. carnage and things and um, he's real real smug and you want him to fall down. And at some point around here, uh, this is where he first calls Jack Ryan a Boy Scout, where it's stuck in your mind and he says it behind his back, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Uh, he says, to, "Oh, that Ryan, he's yeah. a real Boy Scout." Was it yeah. to Cutter? Is that his name? Cutter. Cutter. Oh, so Cutter is there. He, he's the one stepped down from the president, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yes, I think he does because they're sort of in cahoots. You know, they're um, they're sort of orchestrating this. And the president through this whole film is just a massive puppet. Like any. So at the start, Jack Ryan makes a suggestion. Ten minutes later, the, the president has taken him up on that, and he says something on camera that Jack Ryan suggested. Throughout this film, everyone else is almost telling the president what to do and which way to go. And like I say, he's an absolute puppet. He's just a massive tool, really. Yeah. And then from there, we get to see a bit of uh, the the office set up and uh, some IT analysts and a lot of bleepity bloppity 90s yeah. uh, PCs going on. I've got to mention the technology in this film. <laughs> I've never seen a film with um, so much dated technology. Like this film, there's lots and lots of computer screens. They mm. all look absolutely massive. I'm talking about massive at the back, you know, like yeah. how they were back in the 90s or the 80s or whatever. There's a part where there's a part in this film, where there's a party and there's a boom box. And I'm thinking, you just don't see them like that anymore. The technology in this film is amazing. It just looks so dated yeah. and um, it just looks amazing also how funny was that piece of technology that can decipher who the person is on the end of a phone yeah. it's amazing and the computer actually has a percentage in the corner trying to match everyone's yeah. voice in the world yeah. to this voice <laughs> It's the noises that get me. Why? It must be such an annoying place to work. All these computers making all these beep, 
<laughs> noises while you're yeah. trying to work. There are some there's some good moments in those those areas, but the the, the technology still just beats but up, doesn't it? One of my favorite bits on this whole movie was the part with the printer. Like I think it's one of the greatest moments, like the most tense printer scene ever. Because I have I this agree. thing with printers, like in real life, I hate them. They, they never seem to work, and they're just really really annoying. Every time I need to print something, which isn't often, it never works. So when um. When this scene's happening, and I'm thinking, oh, brilliant, they've put a printer scene in there. And it's just so, so good how it's done because Jack Ryan is frantically trying to, to print uh, really incriminating emails from someone else's computer. And the baddie, Ritter, knows he's doing this. So he's clicking the delete button, he's clicking the delete button. Well, Jack Ryan's pressing the print button. And then Jack Ryan looks over, classic case, looks in the printer, no paper. How amazing is that? No. So it's so good. So it's he so... shoves the paper in, doesn't he? And, and, like, and it does come out. And I was thinking, I hope it's actually printed something because the way Jack Ryan was holding it, it was the back of the page and I couldn't see the writing. And I thought yeah. that would be so funny if he's like, I've got the evidence. And the guy goes, no, you haven't. But yeah. that didn't happen. You know, he does get the evidence he needs. But that is the most can. jeopardy that I felt in any of this uh, this film. It, uh, my brow was sweating. And <laughs> I, I was glistening under the pressure. Like, Good, get it on. No, oh, it's disconnected and oh, it's deleted. Oh, yeah, it was. It was hard. To, yeah, it was hard to watch at some points because I, I, like you, get frustrated with printers sometimes because. <laughs> They're, they're one piece of machinery that just doesn't do what you tell it to. Yeah, they're um, a horrible bit of kit. But um, yeah, no, I did enjoy that scene. Yeah. That was really, really good. And then soon after that, we're introduced to Willem Dafoe's character, um, who, again, Willem Dafoe, a great voice again. Oh, great voice. He um, He's just got a, a, an amazingly distinctive voice. And uh, he was really cool in this film, I thought. He was like that military guy. Um, from the film, they made him out sort of like he was, before he was like an acting soldier, and now he's more like he's taking like the lead on, on these missions, you know. Seems he's like some sort of mercenary doesn't he yeah right? very yeah. cool you know yeah. camp down in Colombia and um, you know the, the troops that he, he assembled for his, his team they seem to give him like a lot of respect and things um, that was actually a really cool bit wasn't it where the, the troops were training and um, they were trying <laughs> to find that, that sniper and um, I mean I'd love to watch this again to see if I can spot this sniper because you like, can't I've tried like, <laughs> numerous times yeah you can't he's not there he's it's not camera there. trickery it's yeah. too good because it, it turns out like they're saying where is he where is he he literally just puts his head up there he's right next to William Defoe like here I am and they're like wow how did you do that he even dropped the rapper just to sort of take the piss yeah. me. that was cool and I liked it when they asked him how he did it and he just shouts sniper approach the instructor by being a sneaky bastard sergeant major <laughs> That's a great moment for me. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, they yeah. all got a smile. They? A, that McDonald's rapper was another connection to our previous film. Oh yeah, McDonald's, McDowell's. Yeah, yeah, there we go. A McDowell's rapper. That's cool. Yeah, good show. What I wanted to mention about when we meet Willem Dafoe is he. We're sat in a cafe and there's a little meeting going on between um, an advisor, I believe, and and Willem Dafoe's character, uh, Clark, isn't it? Behind them is a man who is either the worst extra in film history or he's a cartel spy because <laughs> he is just watching these two yeah. every now and then he'll just look up and stare down the barrel of the camera as well oh, so he's either great. a terrible extra that can't ignore the camera or he's a spy so i'm wondering whether i was supposed to notice this and he's actually a cartel spy like watching everything that's going on but i just think this is one of the shittiest extras <laughs> there's ever been so if anybody knows who that is i'd love to get him on the show to talk about why he was uh, kind of staring down the barrel of the camera oh that'd be amazing like if, if leave a voice note mate or like send an email or whatever that'd be so cool um, i didn't actually notice that but you know that's just one reason i feel like i have to have a rewatch just to literally see that because that sounds yeah. really really cool <laughs> 
And then we see Jack Ryan's wife out for a meal, and, and she spots somebody she knows. She does, and this is the the secretary yeah. working for the CIA. You know, but she's been honey trapped by by a man. What's the male version of a honey trap? I don't. Uh, so honey trap is where a woman takes a bloke and like and and has sex with him, but for a gain. Yeah, they're pumping mm. them for information. <laughs> a <Literally>. sausage trap. <laughs> Like that, a sausage. Just go with that. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with a sausage trap. So she kind of falls for this sausage trap um, for this Colombian cartel um, ex-Cuban. He was a Castro advisor, wasn't he? Yeah. That's really funny. Actually. His role is his his job. He's an advisor to Castro, and now he's advising this non-Pablo Escobar yeah. type guy. But his role mirrors that of Ritter in the in the U.S. government. So yeah. again, like last week, we get some mirroring of roles, um, yeah. which I found interesting. Yeah, that was a good show. The the um, the the secretary who um who's being sausage trapped actually said a really strange line just at the um at the when they're out for dinner at that restaurant you can see this um this uh, criminal advisor out the front and she says to Jack Ryan's wife she goes look look there's the guy I'm you know I'm with or whatever and she goes he's like a Spanish Jack Ryan or yeah. something like that and doesn't thought, he look like Jack but Latin that's it Latin I thought what so you're basically, in a really roundabout way, going, I really fancy your husband, yeah. and I'm trying to get my own one, and look, there's a Spanish fit. I thought that was well, just really strange. Two things I thought. One, exactly that. Um, okay, <laughs> you're basically telling me you want to fuck my husband. <laughs> but two, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't look like Jack Ryan. <laughs> no, the only similarity is they're a male, and they've got brown hair. There's nothing <laughs> yeah. like, I and, don't know. And different colour brown hair. I would say uh, his hair is black, and yeah. Jack Ryan's is kind of like a mousy brown. It's... No, he doesn't look like it. it's just an obvious tell that she wants to fuck Jack Ryan. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't get an English speaking Jack Ryan, so I'm just going to find somebody else. Yeah, and Jack Ryan's wife's like, oh, yeah, you know, crack on, love. Like, she seems right of it, doesn't she? Again, that was just a bit of dialogue that, that just added a bit of depth to it. She's obviously been lusting over Jack Ryan for a while, and it's a bit of a weird situation, but mm. she's fallen this, for this other kind of proxy Jack Ryan that she's just going <laughs> to close her eyes and think it's him. <laughs> love that. Very strange. Yeah, very strange moment. Yeah, but there's another that. strange moment slightly after that where Jack Ryan is in the office and they're doing this bit of analytics work on the computer and uh, he brings in some coffee. It's just a moment that doesn't need to be there. But again, it just adds a bit of depth to it where he hands a coffee to this other other analyst and uh, he goes, no cream. And he says there was no cream. And it doesn't, those moments don't need to be there. But for me, it just adds a bit of realism, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It, just, it, it puts you in that office. You're in the CIA. You're seeing day to day how yeah. they are, um, you know. And I guess that was the director's intention he wants to put you in the CIA. You're seeing all the cool stuff, you know, the hacking, the explosions, the the flights to Colombia, but you're also seeing like the day to day stuff, you know, like yeah. you know, oh, I got no cream again, bloody hell. <laughs> and, and immediately following that, so they're they're like, oh, you crack on with that, and we'll go off and do our thing. Mm. And they're working off, and there's this uh, thing that's become a trope, and I don't know if it's a trope before this. Is they're walking off and chatting, and before they've even had time to leave the room, he goes, got it. Yeah, and he's yeah. already solved it, and, and you know, there's a little wry smile by Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah, oh. he knew that up, and he <laughs> yeah. knew how good this guy was. Yeah, you know? he absolutely nails that. it. Yeah, that was cool. And like later in the film, like you know how much of a computer nerd this guy is because um, he looks at the supercomputer and he's like, "We got some work to do." Yeah. <laughs> like come on, mate. He's, he he got really turned on when he was asked to hack Ritter's computer. Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna write a new, I have to write a new code for this." Yeah, <laughs> it was almost an orgasmic face when he was asked. <laughs> It, he was he kind of mouthed to him, didn't he? Ritter, Ritter, and, he yeah. was, and, and his face just oh boy. And then he speaks to a computer like it's his female companion. <laughs> it was very strange. And that that's when we get to the bit where Jack Ryan sees the president on the TV saying something that he advised him to say about 
uh, kind of, oh, no, no, we're lifelong friends. And, uh, yeah, he, he says, I said that. I told him to say that. Well, one thing that struck me about um, some of the stuff the president did was that one of the big things was that there was $650 million um, tucked away. Uh, the president's friend uh, was involved in the cartel somehow, and um, that money's up for grabs. I thought to myself, doesn't that sound like a small amount of money these days? $650 yeah, yeah. Million. You know, Nowadays, we talk with the whole coronavirus thing. We talk about billions like they're nothing, you know? And I thought, $650 million? That doesn't sound very much anymore. Yeah, you know what I mean? pocket like, change yeah, for drug cartels. That's it. Like I say, $600 million, pound, not enough. But obviously, this film, you know, it is 26 years years old so we'll sort of let him off on that and then he had to go and apply for funding didn't he is it in the senate and he's speaking to senator mayo is it yeah that's it um good spot actually because i i picked up on that name so i thought oh you know senator mayo yeah. <laughs> sure there's some sort of pun there yeah. but but jack ryan isn't the sort of guy to make a pun about someone's name he wouldn't she wouldn't have said something and he'd go oh that's saucy yeah, yeah. <laughs> james bond would have yeah. james bond would have had her in bed in about 10 minutes <laughs> jack ryan and had yeah had a mayo pun ready <laughs> yeah but no yeah. um this isn't jack ryan you know <laughs> he resisted the urge to make a mayo pun yeah. and um yeah absolutely he's talking they're talking about funding and in a real roundabout way she basically says through my experience, I'm telling you, Jack Ryan, don't be spending this money on any sort of military action. You know, it ain't going to work down in Colombia. I don't want that. Whereas at the, at the same time all this is happening, you know that this Ritter and this this yeah. other guy under the president are scheming to sort of send the military in, you know. And it's really cleverly done because basically it cuts from, uh, he says no troops and she says, could I say I have your word? And he says, you could indeed because you do. And then it cuts immediately to troops prepping to land the helicopter yeah. on, on uh, foreign land. And I thought that was just a nice kind of way of showing, okay, he ha has his word, but he doesn't necessarily have power in this situation. Yeah. And that money is being diverted to places that it shouldn't be. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, um, yeah, you know, he, he was told what to do. And like he accepted it like a good boy scout, like he would, you yeah. know. But like I say, we know that there's stuff going on behind the scenes. And to be honest, that is where it really came into its own for me, this film. So you know that there's goings on in Colombia that he doesn't know about. And you know it's going to come out at some point. And and when he finds out about these troops being in Colombia and, and then them being cut off, that's when I was like getting quite excited. I thought, right, here we go. This And that's what I meant about it. It's sort of a two-part film. The first part is quite ploddy, quite slow. The second part is, is full of action. You know, it's, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, I agree. And I, I believe that's, a, as I said earlier, a strength and a weakness of it. I think it feels like two different films, but actually it's, it's quite good in, in that way. Mm. Then we kind of get a bit more uh, going on uh, in Colombia. So we see a plane exploded because they're being tired targeted by these troops. Jack Ryan's told to go down there and prove his theory. Yeah. Um, See, this was the moment I thought, he's going to get a gun out soon. He's going to start shooting. Yeah. But it doesn't happen because no. this is a realistic yeah. way of doing things. Yeah, you know. Um, exactly. And um, before we see that, we see um, the cocaine production. And what I thought at that moment was it was nice to see some cocaine being made uh, by non-naked women. It was actually men making them with clothes yes, on. Yes, there wasn't a breast inside. Yeah, because usually yeah. they think, oh, how clever are we? We'll get them to do it, do it naked so we can get some boob <laughs> time on camera. So, and, and we'll use the excuse of, oh, it's so they don't steal any drugs. Uh, but this <laughs> This was just normal blokes yeah, just normal, with moustaches. Yeah, just normal cocaine makers. Yeah, you know? and it's nice to see a good old working class cocaine production yeah. facility. Absolutely, Rather yeah. than your you know, porn fest that you get nowadays. <laughs> yeah, good. it didn't last long though, did it? Because uh, within about two minutes, someone's saying far in a hole and they shove a dynamite yeah. down there and blow it up, you know. And then there's cocaine in the atmosphere for weeks afterwards and, and all the wildlife are high as fuck. <laughs> Amazing. High for weeks. <laughs> And then we get we, we see um, not Escobar um, doing some basement bowling after his basement baseball. Yeah, I, I know it's the guys seem to like really like American sort of culture. You know, yeah. there's the baseball, there's the the, uh, the 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 bowling alley, the party they had as well. 
everyone was you know dressed in in quite an American way and and, and the decorations and things. I don't know. He seemed like he quite liked America. Yeah. You know? And then Jack Ryan arrives. Yeah. And what I really found amazing again, small moments, is he's in the car. And they start talking standard holiday chat. Oh, what's uh, what's the food like? You know, what's the water like? Can you drink the water? And someone mentions about brushing your teeth. Yeah. Like, yeah. How do you brush your teeth? Yeah, it's a good point. It's exactly like, like yeah. this doesn't need to be in this film, but no. they do. They add it. And the, the, the length of the film is extended because of it. But I think those moments, are, I keep saying it, but those moments are what make it a bit more real for me. Mm. And I like them. Yeah. And Harrison Ford is really nice to watch, you know, like he's he's got something about him, like a bit of a warmth, like he's the sort of person who you want to watch. Yeah. And I didn't pick up on all this extra stuff, but I think that's a good thing because I could have picked up on all this extra chat and gone, God, what's the point of all that? But for me, it just slipped through seamlessly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And so um, I think it was a really good thing. It just fits the, the characters. The yeah, characters feel real. There's not yeah. many caricatures in this. No. Um, except maybe Ritter, who's just a snide little smarmy twat. Yeah, yeah. But even Ritter, his like motives are on the whole like decent, you know? like uh, the, In this film, everyone mainly is on the same page about trying to rid America of drugs. It's just that there's a right way and a wrong way of going about it. And, you know, that Ritter and his sort of cronies, they, they represent the wrong way of doing it mm. whereas Jack Ryan's like you said trying to do the good thing and the right thing and do it in the, the correct way I do wonder whether when this book was written whether America was going through the big like drug wars with Colombia do you know what I mean because that was a big thing in America they were, yeah. yeah and I think in here in the UK we don't we don't know enough about that or hear enough about it so I reckon at this time this book was written there was loads of this sort of stuff you know or how evils Colombia are producing all these drugs and they're flooding you know Florida with all this coke and stuff and I reckon the the way the country was feeling at the time, you know, helped write this book. Yeah. So this is where the film, for me, properly kicks in. And what I love about the film is the convoy attack scene where they get ambushed. Oh, that's really, really cool, that bit. That is good. So they get kind of trapped in this alleyway with a, a police officer or a fake police officer managed to track them down this alleyway. And there's uh, cartel men up on the roof and firing down missiles and bullets through AKs and things like that down on, on, on the convoy uh, that's carrying all these representatives of the UF gov government, including including Jack Ryan. And I just love this action scene. It's one of my favourite action scenes of all time. And it's because it's quite, it's not a, a big bombastic one, but it's, it's really taut and well executed. And the way it, it escapes is, Although probably a quite heightened version of reality is more realistic than most action scenes. Well, so I don't believe he fires a gun. Some no. of the others do around him. But, you know, you've got the main star here, Harrison Ford. You'd think he'd whip out... I'm waiting for him to whip out a gun and yeah. start, you know, shooting. The, others do, but he doesn't whip out a gun. Mm. He has a bloke on his back. Yeah. Do you know, that's another reason to, like, love this guy. Do you know what I mean? Like, he ain't just whipped out a gun. He's, he's put a guy on his back. This bit is really cool, actually. One thing I did notice, though, is that the um, the Colombians, they, they, the, the, the police officer following them on a bike wasn't there, and they, they knocked him off and put a fake police officer, officer there. What I was thinking, though, during this action scene, because I thought, even if they hadn't bumped the copper off, what would he have done? Like, these guys got rocket launchers and that. Do you know what I mean? This modern cop. Like, he, they could have left him. Well, fine. I think, and I thought the same before when I used to watch this, mm -hmm. but I think that copper leads them down a different path and they were at a different route that they weren't going to go down. I see. So, so, he, so he takes a turn shortly after. And they go, oh, we'll go down there. Yeah, they, so they go down there. So he makes sure they go down that road gotcha. and then they trap them off with some buses. Oh, we see. That makes a bit more sense. And then yeah. the rocket launchers come out, people on the roofs and things and this bit is really really exciting yeah. you know it's um and then a few high-level advisors get killed. One of Jack Ryan's friends, and we we see him being re repatriated, and he meets his wife after he's telling. She's obviously told him to be careful 
even though she said she wouldn't say it. Well, I got um, I got the impression in this film that he's got some previous, this Jack Ryan, because there's a few little things, like you said. So when he went out the door at the start of the film, after breakfast, he said, don't say it. And she said, be careful. So I thought, oh, so maybe he's got a bit of history. She yeah. knows what he's like. And then on this news report, instead of her being like, oh my God, Jack, I hope you weren't involved in that. She was more like, was this you? Were you part of this? And he was like, yeah, I was part of this. Well, movie. he has got previous. So right, I see. The film before this was Patriot Games. Yeah. And uh, they're in London for some reason. I can't particularly remember why, but I will watch it again one day. And he just stumbles across um, an attack on the royal family and manages to stop it, but kill an IRA member. And and the whole film is about that IRA member's brother, I believe, coming after Jack Ryan. Mm. Um, so there's a lot more involved in it. Yeah. But he basically gets caught up in this big issue with the IRA, and it gets. I think it's Sean Bean comes after him. Um, so yeah, that, that a dies. Lot, yeah, yes, always die, dies. Yeah. yeah, all of those moments are kind of harking back to that because he got caught up in that. She said, "Be careful." He gets caught up. A few of the breakfast scenes are kind of harking back to that as well. So yeah, good spot. That is actually true. Also, one other little thing I picked up, and the reason I picked up this is because I've seen this film um, on its own. You know, I haven't seen anything before or after a Jack Ryan. Um, they met, they keep calling him Doctor. Yes. So so he's a, he's a qualified doctor too, is he? Or is he not a medical doctor? He's he's yeah, he's just got a PhD. I don't know in what, probably like computer analytics or something. <laughs> yeah. It's something really boring. Yeah, or making black coffee. But something I I noticed in the repatriation scene where yeah. the coffin comes back on the on the plane and Jack Ryan's back and safe but battered up a bit and <laughs> and obviously wanted to get revenge is they played the Hovis advert music while the uh, coffin was coming out and I was just thinking is that bread in the coffin rather than a <laughs> Yeah, is that going in for yeah. 20 to 30 minutes? It's called golden brown. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it brings a new meaning to the uh, rhyming slang, brown bread. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I love that. Um, again, I didn't pick up on that, but that is, like I say, a little tidbit to, um, to uh, you know, when you rewatch to listen Nightfall. <laughs> yeah, and then we see more explosions, a terrible CGI missile coming down and hitting uh, the drug yeah, dealers. Yeah, we always like, the camera always follows that, doesn't it? And, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it blows up the, the, the gangsters. Unfortunately, not the gangster they wanted to get, the, the, the normal Pablo Escobar. Yeah. Really, unfortunately, late. So they got everybody but not Escobar. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, but that's a big old explosion. Actually, I quite liked it um, when they were when they were sort of working it out. Um, there was like sort of almost two scenes going on. You had someone trying to say, can they catch us for this bomb, you know? Does this look like it was a car bomb? And then you've got Jack Ryan going, that doesn't look like a car bomb. You know, I thought that was quite cool. Like it was like... I think it was intercut with Sausage Trap Guy. Oh, him. He was it's looking into it saying, oh, is there a way I can make it look like it was such and such when it was actually the US government? And yeah. Jack Ryan, so they both worked out that it was the US government through different means, yeah. but it was showing that actually they both have, you know, similar ingenuity when it comes to finding these these bits of information yeah. out. Uh, I thought that was cool. Um, but on that note, I think it came at relevant at this point that both bosses, both Escobar and the President of the United States, are both being undermined or circumnavigated uh, by their staff, so yeah. they both have like advisors who are actually undermining their 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 power and their responsibilities. Yeah. They're just almost like pawns, aren't they? Yeah. You know, there's people pulling the strings, uh, and you've got this, this 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 sausage trap guy doing exactly the same <laughs> as um as Ritter and his mate. Please change his name on IMDb to Sausage Trap. <laughs> it's got to be. It's got to be done. Sausage Trap and not Escobar. Yeah. Do you know who he really reminded me of? Um, the whole film, I kept thinking he looks so much like him. Is that Dominic West? Yeah, he Did does. So, yeah, he, so there is a bit like of him, him about it. Yeah, yeah really he's almost like Dominic West, but Latin. Yeah, he's the... Yeah, the Dominic West, yeah, yeah Latin. Latin, yeah. Yeah, I've got to say the film um, has a slower pace than I remember. 
overall. Mm-hmm. So I, I I remember like but I was a kid, so I was probably concentrating on the action scenes. But it's it's a much slower and thought out taught kind of political intrigue mixed with action action thriller I would say yeah I think it starts um, it starts ramping up in that second half you know as soon as we've had that funeral scene and um, and, and Harrison Ford is, is going back to, to to Columbia I think that the pace starts to pick up a little bit and we and start getting quite excited you know because there's a lot going on there and you know he's walking into a bad situation William Defoe's fuming you know that he's been told that Harrison Ford is, is the one who's you know uh, left his men for dead and um, you know Know he's going to meet him in the airport and there's a really cool bit actually at the airport where there's a character there's a guy in the airport who looks just like William Defoe from the back hmm. and he walks straight up to Jack Ryan and I thought oh my god he's going to stab him or something and then it's like a bluff because he doesn't but then yeah. you see William Defoe come into shot and you think oh it's all going to kick off now nice moment that and yeah, I really like William Defoe in that those bits and, and yeah. him muscling him into a van and, and yeah. kidnapping him and you think oh my god Defoe's going to kind of really fuck up Ryan here well, for, for literally 10 seconds I was like yeah. oh I really don't want William Defoe to become too much of a baddie you know yeah. I like him too much I understand he's annoyed and that bit where he's on the phone and he's saying yeah I've killed Jack Ryan I've killed Jack Ryan I mean you know for a fact he ain't killed Jack Ryan one because he's a star but the way the camera's like panning away and you're just waiting yeah. to see Jack Ryan and there he is and then he comes over and rips his um, rips his tape off his mouth and mm. I think that's the moment he said okay look I believe you you know it wasn't you who stitched up my men um, and like I say that that's where it started to really build you know like Jack Ryan it's getting really really exciting mm. you know you think right they're going to sort this out they're going to get the men back and, uh, so the reason he's rushed out there is because the troops out there who were doing this covert mission to dethrone this the cartel they've just been offered up as a lamb to the slaughter and 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 their position was given to the cartel and they were absolutely slaughtered bar three of them i believe yeah i mean the survivors the, sorry the sniper survives and then later on you find out that there's a few taken into prison so yeah, yeah but most of them were were, were killed Left and like dead. and they were sort of almost taking the piss out of weren't they by the Colombian mm. rebels or whatever they're called you know they were sort of like holding up dead bodies and this that and the other so and Jack Jack Ryan finds out about this and has a confrontation with Ritter after the computer the computer <laughs> race maybe um <laughs> And then it, there's the confrontation, and he calls him a Boy Scout again. They both call each other a son of a bitch, oh, and all that goes on. Door slamming. <laughs> and then, yeah, you get the funeral. I think the funeral is when Jack Ryan decides, right, I'm going to go out to Colombia, and I'm going to sort this shit out. And he gets he gets kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, after he gets kidnapped, um, you know, and William Defoe then then believes him, you know, and says and, and pulls off the tape. I mean, what a great ally, ally to have, William Defoe, because yeah. you, you always get the impression in this film that he is like a badass. Like I say, it's like he did his military career years ago and whatever he did he did it really good and now he's leading these guys but you, you know what I mean you get the impression he's a bad motherfucker yeah. and then I think a bit of it rubs off on Harrison Ford where he starts wearing his aviator glasses and his FBI jacket well, he's CIA but he's wearing an FBI jacket basically yeah. walking around in, in Colombia uh, giving out two million dollar deposits for planes or helicopters <laughs> that bit is that bit is really really cool actually like there's not that much humor in this film at all um there's not many jokes but that bit is just is really good Harrison mm. ford like casually walks up to like his usual helicopter rental guy and just yeah. goes oh, i want to rent the chopper yeah, you the take like, checks and then gives him a cia card <laughs> yeah and the way the guy's like oh no you know we don't rent it anymore we you can only purchase it how much was it again was it four million two million dollars and and he says, um, can, do you accept deposit? And he goes, yeah. And he was like, how much is the deposit? And he was like, two million dollars. 
I know, amazing. I love that bit. It's just really casual, yeah. but um, that was quite funny. And then they hire a pisshead pilot. Again, that's something you find in a lot of movies that certain people will only use certain people for their missions. Yeah. So I will interpose that this in this film. He's like, there, there must be a thousand really good pilots in Colombia, yet he'll only use this guy deep in this bar, absolutely smashed out of his head. Do you know what I mean? Like he's like, this is the guy I'll use. Um, so yeah, that, that that was interesting. Uh, then we get Jack Ryan following Clark through the jungle. Um, kind of looking for the troops, they they see a troop floating in the in the in the river. Yeah, gets a boot uh, thrown at him. They land, yeah, and they're kind of yeah. hacking through the jungle. To me, that felt like the best Bear Grylls episode that never happened. So, <laughs> Will and Defoe's Clark characters going through it, the, the, as Bear Grylls, and then it's Harrison Ford following him around. Now I want to see Harrison Ford on a Bear Grylls. Yeah into the wild or whatever he calls it <laughs> that would be quality yeah it would bring a lot to that it would be awesome and is th- is this the 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 moment where where uh, Jack Ryan decides you know what um, I'm going to knock on the door of yeah. the Pablo Escobar character you know which is just absolutely crazy see James Bond he would not do this James Bond would go over the wall he would shoot everyone up not Jack Ryan you know he literally knocks on the door of the um, the, the massive drug lord and flashes his card he hasn't got a gun on him what's he carry a dictaphone you know what I mean? Like he's carrying a dictaphone. That's just... Yeah, I mean, his only weapons are his aviator glasses and a handkerchief around his neck. <laughs> and his good looks. <laughs> yeah, he's got a napkin around his neck. And uh, he, he just says, oh, it's a baller move. I'm just going to turn up and, yeah. and offer him a deal. Yeah. And I mean, it works really, really well because, um, you know, you'd think maybe at best they would slam the door in his face and say, who are you, mate? At worst, they would take him and kill him. But no, it works actually pretty well. He gets an audience with the drug lord, <laughs> explains everything he knows, how like they can be mutually beneficial to each other. And um, yeah, the, the drug lord's going to go along with it, isn't he? He's like, okay. And then they confront Sausage Trap. They do. And then guy bursts him and from the door of an Uzi and it, and it sort of all kicks off, you know? Yeah. And then I think the napkin around Jack Ryan's neck actually comes in useful when he's bleeding. He takes it off and wipes it. So, <laughs> so I thought, ah, oh, that's why he had a napkin around his neck. He knew yeah. he was going to bleed. Well, have you ever heard of that? Um, if you, Usually in a film, if you see a gun, a certain gun, yeah. it's got to be used, whether yes. it's the next five minutes or 20 minutes later or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that napkin similar. Yeah. It had to be used at some point, and it was. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you ever see a gun, it needs to be used. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, yeah. But if you ever see a napkin, someone's going to bleed. Yeah, <laughs> some blood's coming. Uh, and then we get a bit of a shootout. Uh, that sniper moment was really good. You knew Jack Ryan knew there was a sniper helping him out, and he was kind of shuffling. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this, that shot. I, I actually skip back five or ten seconds to watch that shot again because when I first saw it the the way the guy took the bullet I thought you saw his eye explode or something oh, wow um, and I watched it back and you didn't at all it was just I, something about that first shot it felt real and, and I felt I yeah. saw something hit his eye but no you slow it down he's just he's just good at acting and getting yeah. shot so that was good oh, th- um, this is the part of the film that I had I I had seen before when I saw it. I thought, oh, I remember this, like yeah. uh, some some mansion, everyone running around, lots of gunshots mm. and things. Um, but again, in this, um, Jack Ryan, he he's not going around gunning down people. He he's spending this whole scene like running away from people shooting. You know, he's trying to get out of there, isn't yeah. he? He has a crap little fight with Sausage Trap. Yes, he does. Uh, where they both give a punch each. Yeah. Well, I thought have a little cuddle. I thought that was the end of him, and I was like, no, that is not a good enough way for him to um, to go out, you know, because I thought some crates falling on him would be his end. Oh, some twigs. Uh, yeah, Isn't some twigs. Death like, by twigs. Yeah, I was like, no way. He he needs a better death than that. And um, yeah, that was a bluff because he, he does come back at the end. I mean, his death isn't 
unbelievably amazing. No, it's very throwaway. But I think that's kind of to the realism of the film. He doesn't have to be exploded or decapitated or something. He just gets gunned down while he was trying to shoot at Jack Ryan. But I think just before that, he falls for the oldest trick in the book. He hears an audio recording on a dictaphone and goes towards the audio recording. And he knows it's a recording. You can hear it's off a tape recorder, (laughs) but he just goes up to it and goes, oh, this must have been left here for me. I'll pick it up. Oh, no, I've been blindsided by Jack Ryan and then covered in twigs. Yeah, he deserved to die. Yeah. He deserved to die. One thing I did think is, I don't know if it would have added to it or taken away from it, I would have liked maybe um, a more of a uh, an impressive finale, you know. Um, don't worry, I enjoyed the, the mansion shootout. It was really good, but could have someone like hijacked the helicopter and then and then had a helicopter battle or could someone have jumped in a truck driven it through the mansion and let it on fire do you know what I mean I just but, but then it's quite a realistic movie yeah. so well the director actually said exactly that so he said well, that, that he yeah. should have maybe been a bigger ending he watched it recently and said considering how well the set pieces of the cartel attacking the convoy went in, in those early earlier scenes uh, midway point in the movie I think that's the hour mark uh, he was a bit disappointed that the final showdown uh, wasn't more impressive and he could have come up with some better ideas I, I quite liked it I like the fact that there's a bit more low-key for me the final scene is when Harrison Ford goes back and confronts yeah, the president that, that is a really good end there's really, some cool lines in that how dare like, you come here and lecture me yeah that's how dare you sir <laughs> Because the president sort of sits him down. And he, well, he says, "Sit down." He's like, "No, no, no, I'm not going to sit down." Yeah. So you know, so he's you know he's pissed off Jack Ryan, you know, um, in his own smart intellectual way. Yeah, like I say, it's great. The president's sort of like, "Oh, he seems annoyed." Like, what's the matter? Like, it's okay. Yeah. Like, don't worry, everything's good. And he, we'll and, sort this out. Yeah. Do you know? We've got to be delicate. I wasn't. Do you know? At the end, I wasn't sure which way Jack Ryan was going to go. Mm. I thought he might sit on the information he had with the president. Because there was other people's careers and stuff at risk. And, you know, I, I thought Jack Ryan would say, well, I'm not bothered about myself, but I don't want to see these other people in the film, you know, William Dafoe, etc. I don't want to see their careers and their reputations ruined by me blabbing on you. But happily, he doesn't do that. He's a Boy Scout. Yeah, he is a Boy Scout. And like, I, I, I was really happy at the end that Jack Ryan basically said, I don't care what you're going to say, President. Um, you know, I'm going to, uh, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to go and stitch you up in court. Yeah, that's a great moment. I think he's the president saying, "How dare you come in here?" And he says, "How dare you, sir?" And uh, that moment is just so badass. He's gone from being respectful of him in his office that he doesn't even want to say a, say anything to at the end of the film saying, "How dare you?" to the president. But he still calls him sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's like a a mixture of uh, reverence and uh, indignation and yeah. formalities. Uh, it's so funny yeah. and uh, but he says how dare you come into this office and bark at me like some junkyard dog <laughs> love that term that's a cool you start saying cool that phrase. if anyone has a go at me how dare you bark at me like some junkyard dog oh, you gotta start saying that that's awesome uh, but yeah the really really nice end to the film i think and then um, and then uh, literally the last scene is is him basically giving evidence in the big case of the, yeah. the, the president. Um, one little tidbit I, I, I picked up from reading a little bit about this movie and the background and things. Um, Jack Ryan becomes the president. Is that right? He bec- I'm, I'm pretty sure in, in a book or a movie or whatever. He does. He becomes the president. He I was does. Like, oh, that's quite cool. So yeah, you, look, Jack Ryan's kind of arc across the, the novels and uh, he doesn't actually in the movies at any point, I believe. Uh, but yeah, his arc's really interesting. He comes from analyst to 
you know, coming <laughs> into action top. heroes and surviving nuclear bombs and and becomes the president. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's it's really worth getting into some of that. And I hope they do some more films. I know there's a series at the moment with John Krasinski. Is it re- any good? Is any? Have you heard? Have I you watched a couple of episodes. Yet? Yeah, I don't didn't hate it. I, yeah, it just didn't really click with me. No. But I, I, I should probably stick to it because I do like the character. Mm. But yeah, I, I think for me um this this is a really good movie what did you think overall because i i've still I, yeah I, I i still don't know where you're gonna land when it comes to the score um i liked it uh, i thought it was good it didn't blow me away I, I wasn't ever bored i like i enjoyed watching the film i really liked harrison ford i really like william defoe i really like james l jones there's so many actors i love in this film tiny bit complicated i like my action i like big brash action you know and I like my spies like in the James Bond mold. But that's not to say I didn't really like what this film was doing. So I thought it was really good. I mean, if I was giving it a score, I'd give it a six and a half. I thought it was a really, it's a really good movie. People should go and watch this. It's really interesting. There's lots of good points. Um, it, I loved Harrison Ford. He, he played a great character. I just like my spies a bit more brash and I like my action a bit more full on. That's a, I'd say that's a decent score. Yeah. What would you give it as a score then? So when did you last watch this? Just out of interest, just roughly. Like how long has it been, say? Uh, it's probably more than 10 years. Oh, wow. And yeah, yeah, my history is, I like I said, I, I love I loved these films yeah. when I was younger. Um, I loved any film like this, but these really stuck with me. Um, I don't really know why. I like the books and things. Mm. Um, and coming to it from a kind of objective standpoint this time round, I was going to just look at it as a film, just trying to see it through, through fresh eyes. And um, it's not the film I remember. I really enjoyed the film and it's not actually as good as I remember. I remember it being absolutely brilliant and, and things, but looking at it now in, uh, with through fresh eyes, I, I would agree with you in in most points. I think it's not particularly action heavy. I really do enjoy the intrigue and the kind of little moments as well. I love the characters. Everyone doesn't feel like a caricature except for the Ritter character, maybe. I would give it a seven and a half. Hmm. Yeah, sounds like a fair score. Um, it's a really good film and I think you should all check it out. It's on Now TV, it's on Sky. And um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to love about this film. Talking about it, you know, there, there's things that we pick up by talking about it. So I think a really good point is that when you watch a movie, when the credits roll, that's not always what, you know, you should definitely think of that film. Maybe reflect on it after. Talk yeah. about it with your mate. Watch it again. Because, you know, just us talking tonight, you know, giving me a few different angles. That I thought, oh, actually, you know, that's mm. cool. That's cool. That's interesting, you know. Same. So, yeah, it's, it's um, and that's why I love doing this. Um, and I hope, you know, you guys are able to, to watch these films, listen with us, because I just think you you pick up so much, you know. Yeah. Like I say, if you get your emails in and stuff, there'll be even more stuff for us to pick up on. Oh, I didn't notice mm. that. I didn't notice that. So, it's good. I think the best thing to do after watching a film is sitting down with a mate, whether it be in the pub or anywhere else, oh. and to chat through the film. And, yeah. and we've done that before. Oh, and and lockdown has taught us is uh, sometimes you can't do that so instead of talking to your mates talk to us about it yeah talk to us like I say <laughs> however you want voice notes emails it's all good get it in and um, you know we'd love to chat about that so that's really really cool yeah and um, overall I think the moral of this story is he was a boy scout and that's the end of it he was I think I think that just that phrase boy scout you know really defines this entire film you yeah. know and um, very interesting great pick Dan love watching films I haven't seen before and this was one of them and um, yeah good. Really good something in this film really stuck out to me right and immediately i thought okay i'm gonna make a game out of that awesome sometimes it's easier some weeks are easier than others to think yeah. of, of something to come up with but immediately Small. one line in this film jumped out at me and i thought that's the one so have you ever heard of title drops <laughs> just as you said that i thought i know what he's doing so <laughs> i think um i think you're going to be talking about how in the first five minutes of this movie the president said 
we've got some clear and present danger yeah. here. Like, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. So the, the president says these drug cartels <laughs> present a clear and present danger. Yeah. Title drop. Boom, there it is. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is read out some title drops, yeah. um, but actually I'll redact just oh, as the CIA the would, the, the name of the film. So like I'll, I'll say everything except for the name of the film, like and you've got to tell me what you what film you think it is. Okay, cool. Yeah, go for All it. Right. Like this. So, are you sure your car is safe? It's better than safe. It's um, fast and furious. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, what can this be? Car. Something about a safe car. Probably a dangerous car. Which someone's no. Go for it. What is it? Correct. It is a dangerous car. It's better than safe. It's death proof. Oh, so is this the Quentin Tarantino, uh, the, the stuntman Mike killing spree? Okay, Correct. that's cool. Death yep. proof. Love it. Right, next one. That's right, woodchuck chuckers. It's Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Go for it. No, this one, I thought you'd get this one and wood you're going to kick yourself. It's That's right, woodchuck chuckers. It's Groundhog Day. Oh, the Bill Murray classic. Yeah. Oh, damn. I should have got that. Okay, let's see if you get this one. No one can cross a ball or... No one can cross a ball or... <laughs> who, who can cross a ball really well? Oh, or bend it like Beckham. Correct. Oh my God, they mentioned that in there. Yeah. So oh, I love that. No one can cross a ball or bend it like Beckham. Because that's um, strangely like one of my like favourite films. I really like that film. It's a great movie. We, oh, if we yeah. get onto that in the podcast, I'll be really happy. Um, love that one. Go for it. Sorry, next one. Next one. That's why every magic trick has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call... The prestige? Correct. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Well done. Thank you. Next one. The Bible calls this day... Um, the Bible... Oh, the Bible calls this day... Christmas Day? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Christmas Day's mentioned. Oh. The Bible calls this day Armageddon. Oh! <laughs> and that's in Armageddon. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Next one. I have had it with these motherfucking... Um, I've had it with these motherfucking... This one's a slight cheat, but I had to get it in there. Give me a little clue, maybe. What's... There's a big clue in motherfucking. motherfucking. Who says that a lot? Jules from Pulp Fiction likes to say that. Um, well, so... the actor likes to say ah, that. Ah, so Samuel Jackson. So a Samuel Jackson movie. I've had it with these motherfucking... Um... Oh, Snakes on a plane. <laughs> yeah. So the actual quote is, I've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Oh, amazing. That's cool. But no, we'll go with that. Like I that's say, one that's of the cool. best title drops, even though it's slightly X-rated uh, version. This one's one of my favourite. I've, I've only seen this film once, but I find myself saying this quite a lot because the trailer just became a bit of a joke. So um, it must be some kind of... It must be some kind of... It's a high concept, like science fiction comedy um hmm must be some kind of i don't know i might need a clue if there is one so it's a comedy about a few guys that uh kind of jump through time um they get wet while they're doing it they get wet while they're doing it there might be some bubbles why can't i think of this might be um, quite warm hot wet <laughs> it's actually dirty doesn't it <laughs> so give it you yeah it must be some kind of hot tub time machine oh Oh, damn, I did not get that. Hot, wet. I was like, what? <laughs> the clues are there. Shame. Next one. This is really famous, but I'm not sure if you've seen it. So um, I won't be surprised if you don't get it. I'll be impressed if you do. Forget it, Jake. It's... Um, forget it, Jake. So Jake's in the movie. Um, no. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. 
Oh, okay. Trouble yeah, Chinatown. Oh, okay. Chinatown, yeah. Um, so the uh, Jack Nicholson connection again. Cool. Um, uh, I believe it's the last line in the film. Yeah. Uh, forget it, Jake, it's Chinatown after he's been chasing a, a criminal case or whatever for cool. a while and it just doesn't go his way. Next one. I would like to take his... His... Um, I would like to take his... Um, take his... Uh, I'm, I'm doing a gesture at the moment that um, help you I would like to take oh I know what this is yeah because that did help a lot this must be face off yes <laughs> that's the gesture he does so. amazing yeah no like for people that obviously listening that was like sort of pulling his face off <laughs> yeah everyone will know because that's kind of what he does in the film I'd like to take yeah. his his face yeah off oh, that's such a good film isn't it I yeah. love that movie. I'd like to watch that at some point yeah, that's cool. that needs analysis yeah uh, next one next Saturday night we're sending you we're sending you next Saturday night. We're sending you. I think my voice is a bit misleading there. Um, I can't. I don't know if I can. I can channel the energy of this actor. Next Saturday night, we're sending you. Um, uh, Marty. It, we're sending you. I don't know. Back. Oh. To. Oh, Back to the Future. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Sorry. now your impression. Now it, it falls for no, me. My, oh, my, my, it, was, it. it was a bad impression, oh, no. so that's why. <laughs> uh, okay, so next one. You'll get this because he's not a hero. <laughs> he's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a, a dark knight. Correct. Hey. <laughs> uh, next one. Welcome to. Uh, welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> that is a film. It is. Welcome to. Oh, Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. See, this is one that I every time someone talks about a title drop, I always think of this one. You know, with yeah. the old wildebeest going on yeah. in the background. No, sorry. Diplodocus or something. I don't know what they the are. Score. Yeah, it's yeah. all coming on. They got the Jeep and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, this is a big one for me. Right, bear with me on this one. It's the final one. Right. Uh, I thought that was it, man. I was like, bear with no. me with this one. <laughs> okay. It's the final one. Right. So bear with me. Okay. Even if you get it, just wait till the end. <laughs> okay, first cool. I need to get this speech out. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> Go for it. It's all yours. <laughs> Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world and you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression or persecution, but from annihilation. We are fighting for our right to live, to exist, and should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day the world declared in one voice. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our... Oh, after was... all that, you didn't get it. I was gonna, I was, <laughs> do you know what? I was going to say, like, Pearl Harbor. Um... So it sounds like very like military, there's a big war going on, like someone's giving a massive speech on the 4th of July. Um, what day is the 4th of July? In, oh, <laughs> it's Independence Day. Yeah. Of all the ones I thought you'd get, <laughs> it was that one. Oh, but you did a great, like, a great speech. Oh, that was thank amazing. You. I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, that was good. Uh, so I was there. I bet everybody at home got that. <laughs> Um, so if anyone wants to give uh, George some shit, please uh, send us a voicemail <laughs> or an email. That was good. It was, it was quite hard, but it was good. Like no, it's one of those ones. As soon as you say, it, you go, oh yeah, I like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But like I say, it was hard. Like, 
at the time, I was like, oh, that's difficult, you know, but um, there's some good ones there. Yeah, this is out of context, obviously, without the words in it, it's harder than it looks. Yeah, uh, difficult, I, but... It would seem. A lot of fun, mate. I enjoyed that. Good. That was very, very good. Great. So that's that. Uh, Shall we talk about uh, next week's connected film? Yes. um, Let's do it. So as all the other weeks so far, you know, I've got a real raft of different actors I can choose from. I had a good flick through uh, Google and IMDb and just I've looked through. As is always customary, I just wondered if you wanted to maybe have a guess at where I might have gone. It's hard, this one. Uh, Harrison Ford has a great catalogue of films and I, I wouldn't be surprised if you went down there um, but knowing you you'll probably go for someone really random um, down the list you're not going to go James L. Jones uh, ooh, we would go Willem Dafoe I'm going to go Willem Dafoe I did look at his and um, I did look at his and uh, there's some great options but no I didn't actually go with him um, so what I'll do is I'll tell you um, I'll tell you who this person played actually because this person only had maybe one line in the movie you love um, cameos I know um, so the, the the person the actor the link is actually um, is Jack Ryan's daughter oh okay yeah. so she was played by Fora Birch yes um, so as soon as I saw her name I thought okay clicked on it and um, yeah, she's actually one of my favourite movies. So I thought, I have to pick this. I was really excited that, you know, I could get this link because I absolutely love this next film. It's one of my, when people say, oh, what's your top 10 films? I can never answer that because there's about a million. But this film always lingers in my like top few because I literally love it. Um, so for a Birch, she was in a movie. It was a, a movie made in the year 2000 and it was Oscar winning. Um, does it ring any bells at the moment so year 2000 I think it probably won best picture it probably won best screenplay it probably won best actor any idea I'll give you another clue it's a Sam Mendes movie does that ring any bells at the moment yes it does yeah what do you think this might be is it something like American Beauty? You have hit the nail on the head. Yeah, it's, it's American Beauty. Um, it's uh, 1999. I hope I got that right a minute ago. And um, yeah, it's, it's I think it's on five Oscars. Wow. Um, so you've seen this film? Yes. Yeah, I literally love this movie um, with a passion. I've never watched it in in the way that we're going to be talking about it, as in like dissecting every single scene. But the message of this film, I think, is absolutely great. So I was really excited to watch it. The other thing is this is actually on Netflix right now. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch it. If you have seen it, watch it again, because I think there's going to be loads to pick out of this film, you know. Um, I'm really excited. It's got some cool actors in. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it. Oh, it's great. I remember the famous Petals Falling and Kevin yeah. Spacey being in it. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what we can say about Kevin Spacey next week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> On the editing room floor. Yeah. Um, but what I think is good, again, it's a massive departure. This is, I think you'd call it like a black comedy. You know, there's some real dark bits in this film. There's some really funny bits. Um, I, I'm really really excited to, to, to watch this film again and to pick it apart with you and um, yeah to see where we come to. Good know? choice and a great opportunity to watch a film that I haven't seen probably since it was out so uh, looking forward to that one. Yeah. Nice. Good choice. Cheers mate. Thank you and um, I'm sure we'll watch loads of other stuff and then talk about it next week and um, yeah thanks for today. Enjoyed it mate. Yeah excellent and uh, everybody thanks for listening. Um, yeah. Give us a subscribe um, so you can get this content whenever it's out so we're not wasting our time. In fact we'll do this anyway whether you listen or not but yeah. it's just nice for us to see people actually That's it. taking the time even if it's just me, you, and the two people from Turkey, yeah, I'm happy. that's fine. One person, just somebody, uh, yeah. just just listen. But yeah, please subscribe, uh, show us an email, uh, or leave us a voice message, whatever you want to do. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. We'll uh, see you next week. Yeah, Cheers. thanks, guys. Cheers, George. Cheers, mate.